Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Daniel. And we are here covering episode six of Survivor Ghost Island. Fate is the homie, a phrase I never thought I'd utter. I really was, when I saw this episode title, I was like beyond 100% sure that it was going to be Sebastian who said this, (laughs) but it was Desiree. Yeah. And, like, right at the beginning, too, and... Yeah, a real blindside there, like... And I think the structure of this episode was a bit weird, where it was, like, ridiculous, shocking Stephanie boot straight to the swap. Like, literally no time for anyone to reflect or talk about what just happened. It was just, boom, recap into the swap. Yeah, and we had predicted that Stephanie would get name-dropped or, like, mentioned... Nope. Nothing. (laughs) Not even a bit, like... Not even, like, hinted at. Like, I mean, she was obviously in the recap, but really went completely ignored in this episode. Yeah, and I think that's going to inform some of what we're feeling this episode. No, absolutely. We made some calls last week, and I don't think they came to fruition, so I think we have to give up on some of our darlings. <laughs> and speaking of that, one of your darlings uh, got killed I know, in this episode. I'm, I'm just not faring well overall. Uh, yeah, James is gone. It would have been nice. It would have been cool if he had won. Like, his story made sense up until the very end. But... Yeah, and like you could tell that the production liked him because... They gave him a swan song, like, they gave him a positive leaving episode of, like, he should have stayed. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way the episode portrayed it as it should have been him who stayed. He gets to, like, portray himself super positively. Like, he leaves on a complex personality positive five boot. Like, that's one of the best boots you could possibly imagine uh, leaving on a show. I think it's, it's, it's great in a far cry from last season where basically everyone left without a confessional in their boot episode. Yep, for sure. I was going to say, I guess it's just been Stephanie and James, but I feel like a lot of the people who've gone so far have left pretty positively. Even Morgan was fine. Yeah, like, I, I feel like... Yeah, no, I, I, I do sense a pattern of the Malolo people who are leaving pre-merge are getting a lot, like, like a thank you kind of. Even Jacob, even less so Brendan, but even Brendan got a little bit of that stuff. Yeah. Of, like, showing he's a super capable player on his way out, which is a little odd. Yeah, I feel like they realized they weren't necessarily losing duds, which there's still tons of people that are great who are left, but it does I don't know about tons, but I agree there are some people who are left that are good TV. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Overall, did you like this episode? I, I did. I don't know if I just like how swaps change up stuff. It always means it's new and fresh and all that. Yeah, I'm always a big fan of the swap episode as a general thing. And I, I personally didn't mind that we didn't get much time before the swap because it allowed, like, so many stories. I'm so glad they didn't have a reward challenge. There was no Ghost Island. I really like the format of this episode where we got to see so much tribe scene, so much content between people. And to me, this is this might be the best episode of the season other than the J- other than the Morgan boot. Hmm. I do think just not having Ghost Island helps, and that is very interesting because people online have counted how many urns there are, and there's 13, so we were expecting one every episode, so. Yeah, I'm very curious if we're gonna... Well, I assume, like, uh, maybe there's 13 because it's not per episode. Maybe in the finale, people are gonna be going to Ghost Island over and over. Yeah. Um... Or even in that two-episode boot, like, that often happens, like, in Millennial Christian X. Yep. That two-hour, or that one-hour two-boots thing. Like, I imagine we're gonna get two ghost silence in those episodes, because, and that sounds not good. Do you secretly hope they just medallion of power it, and it disappears? Dis- yes. Despite uh, it being beyond, a- beyond, at this point, like, on that episode where Chris went to Tribal Council, I was so excited about Ghost Island, because I thought it was really good game design. And I'm such a game, game design nerd. And then there... It was arbitrary, like, it didn't seem like there was really a purpose for it 
week after week. At this point, I would be happy if it was just Survivor Fiji 8. You know I mean, like, <laughs> like at this point, really, Ghost Island is adding nothing. Maybe they have something cool in store for Merge, but now I'm kind of worried that it's going to be... Right now, we're like, you know what? Like, I would be fine if an advantage showed up or something, because, like, at least then, in, like, we kind of went in expecting craziness and we're not getting it. I'm worried that the Merge is going to be them compensating for the lack of anything so far, and it's just going to be, like, Game Changers 19 times worse. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I think you almost want more advantages pre-merge because that's just going to be a little more. Yeah, I would much rather some of these boots be more exciting. Like, like I would, I was, like, I would have been so okay with Stephanie when she went to Ghost Island picking up an idol. Yeah. Or an advantage or something, but instead we're gonna be waiting till the merge for that stuff, and that worries me a lot. Uh, just on a like one a TV aspect, like gotta show them finding the advantage, talking about it, for sure. And then just like I don't really want to see kind of a Ben style find an idol, play an idol, yeah. find an idol, play like like that loop is not fun to watch on TV at all. I don't think like I really liked Ben as a character until he kept finding all those idols. I really hope they didn't take the lesson of that's fun TV. I think it's just when the end game is defined by advantages. Yes, like you had advantage get in as it's called in game changers and just bends idols to the end it just yeah because i think that's an important departure right like it's one thing if idols influence the way the social strategic game operates but when the social strategic game is superseded and essentially replaced by ben finding an idol back to back getting all the votes back to back that's not really captivating television at all. That's like, how will Ben find an idol and play it? Yeah. That's that's the drama of the episode when and all of the strategic politicking is essentially gone in that season. It didn't matter who was aligned with who. It mattered who Ben wanted out because he had all the power week after week after week in that endgame. Yeah. It's like the advantages aren't a player. Like, they can't win the yeah. game. They're not always there. And like, I am a huge fan of advantages. Don't get me wrong. But I think they should be, exist solely to enhance the fun of the politicking, not replace it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, overall, though, I thought this was a good episode. Uh, I am still continuously being more and more worried for the future, and each week makes me a little bit more suspicious. But it hasn't gone bad yet. I think we're being set up for some sides, but I don't feel like they're uninteresting sides. True. I mean, it could just be a Pagong, and that would be kind of boring, but I think there's also interesting players on both sides that can shake things up either once the Pagong is yeah, done like, or... Yeah, to me, I would always prefer a not Pagong to a Pagong, but that doesn't mean that Pagongings have to be, like, bad TV. Like, for example, Survivor China, for all intents and purposes, is a straight-up Paganging, but it's a fun lively strategic game with great characters who are fun to watch and that and it's well edited and all that so that makes it an entertaining tv show but something like redemption island where it's a pagonging and there's no real story other than how good boss and rob is that's not a good season yep i agree so i guess speaking of stories uh we're gonna in this week do something different than we've done in previous weeks i think Uh, i'm curious if this is gonna work as a medium but we might as well try right yeah so essentially what we're gonna do we previously had a segment where we kind of talk about the stories that have been forming or persisting in this season overall like the overall narrative of the season uh and we're gonna front load that here and then talk about how each person kind of relates to that idea, or if they relate to that idea, etc., uh, rather than holding it to the end, just because I feel like it makes more sense that way. 
Yep, I think we found that we were just sort of covering a person, talking about where they fit in, and then we just say the story is happening again, and it'd be sort of redundant. So we're gonna start with it up front, and then we'll. And then yeah, at the end we'll just go if like our discussion makes anything feel different, or yeah, you know, if like yeah. we come to a different conclusion, we'll address that at the end. Uh, yeah. So I guess the first sort of story thread that's been super pervasive throughout this entire season, starting from episode one, is still Jacob's speech about how Malolo is the best tribe of all time. I feel like now we can firmly say that I think the stories that Jacob was kind of wrong, the most captivating people come from uh, Malolo, but Malolo is cursed, I feel like is the story that we're drawing from Jacob at this point. I think that's the major thread the show wants us to take away, is that we were given this focus that Malolo is a notable tribe somehow, but we didn't know if Jacob was, was what's the word, like inferring that this would come to be the truth, or if it was Yeah, it was unclear whether this was yeah. an ironic statement or a trustworthy statement. Yeah. And I feel like at this point, we still don't have a completely clear idea, because I think one huge se- uh, story of this season is reversing curses, and currently the biggest curse in the game is the curse of Malolo. You see in the next time on Survivor them burning the Malolo flag. Malolo gets references being cursed in multiple episodes at this point. And in addition, you still have things like Libby in episode 3 talking about how Malolo will grow into being the best tribe of all time. So I feel like it's not like all hope is lost for Malolo, but at this point we're supposed to, we're in if it is Malolo is cursed and they will reverse that curse into being a power in a power position, that's a, that's the good outcome. The bad outcome is Malolo is cursed and they cannot reverse the curse of Malolo. Yeah, I think it's interesting how the idea is that the actual like tribe of Malolo is cursed, not the people who were on it necessarily. Because, I mean, James and Michael were the only original Malolos on the tribe as it currently stands, but it's just the idea that they're cursed. And so... Yeah, and it's, it's very interesting, right? Like, at this point, I feel like I'm surprised that the show isn't portraying it as Michael is cursed, who has been on Malolo every time, whereas everyone else has... No one else has been on Malolo the entire time. Yep, and I think it's the other thing that makes that interesting is we've seen people like Brendan and Stephanie and now James go out who are pretty positive Malolo figures. Yeah, and at various points were portrayed as the leader of Malolo. Brendan is shown as the leader of the Malolo 4 who were on 2.0 Malolo. James was shown as the leader of Malolo on 2.0 Navidi of the old Malolos. Uh, Stephanie was shown as the leader following Brendan and over Jenna. So it's like the leaders of this generation of Malolo are dying. Like the original Malolo leaders, the best and the powerful of them are just dying off. Yep. So I don't know if this is the curse that will be reversed, which I guess is another story to cover this insinuation that there's a curse that will be reversed. Mm -hmm. So I guess tracking this story, do you think those stories go hand in hand? Will the curse of Malolo be reversed? And does that mean the winner comes from original Malolo? Or does that just mean that at the end of the day, they're going to be more successful than they should have been? Or not at all? Will they just be (laughs) taken apart? I think if it's really if it's an intentional story or not, I think if it very much is, then the winner is coming from original Malolo. And I think they're two very strong possibilities for that. Um, otherwise, I don't know exactly what they're trying mm-hmm. to infer. If just Michael is sort of this big character that we're supposed to root for who just comes short but exemplifies all that is the best tribe about Malolo. Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like we, at this point, you can't accurately guess that, I feel like, because how this story is going to end. 
because I do think it is a major story of this season, and it could end next week with them burning it, and then the Malolo people prosper from then on, or it could be continuous like like this thing is i feel like at this point um if one of the original malola wins that is their story and it is intentional if not it's something else entirely and we don't know what it pays off to yet yeah so um furthering upon that uh another major story still even though they're not on the same tribe anymore is christopher's dominic uh and in this episode I think we got a clearer picture of how we're supposed to be interpreting this. Mm. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I, I think I want you... Oh, okay. I get what you mean, like... If not, I can talk about that. Yeah, you might want to talk just to make sure we're on the same page. Okay, okay. So, in this episode, um, we have Chris and Dominic splitting up. And they both... Um, well, Dominic talks about how happy he is to be away from Chris, right? Uh, he says that uh, he can... The ball's finally in his court. He can let his hair down. He's free to play the game how he wants to play now because Chris, this son of a bitch, is no longer hunting him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chris is then shown on Yanuya uh, as, like, an arrogant... You know the content Chris got in this episode, not good. Arrogant, uh, stupid. But I think the key that we're supposed to take from it is during this episode... Wendell says, um, Dominic and Chris, they both want to kill each other. Um, I had to manage both of their giant egos. And I feel like at this point, I think I'm ready to say that the story is that their giant egos are like distracting from the people who are actually playing well. Uh, Sebastian talks about how, uh, where is it? Uh, I haven't spent much time with Wendell yet because he was always buddy-buddy with Dominic while I was working with Chris. But really, he's been that secret buddy that was never really my buddy. But he knows who I am, and I've barely met him, or he and he barely knows who I am, or, or sorry, uh, he's been that buddy who was never my buddy, but he knows who I am, and I've barely met him, and that's pretty cool. So it's, I feel like it's the story of people around Chris and Dominic appreciating each other as they continue to just be obsessed by this rivalry, and the story folds out around them. Yeah. I almost wonder if it is going to be very much Josh Jeremy. I was sort of I feeling so. that one side was going to win completely that being like Dominic and like we'd see him at the end, but it might just be that all these, not invisible, we have invisible characters, but minor characters around them sort of come to the forefront as they go out in that style. Or like a um, Jamie and Bobby John from Guatemala. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is, I don't know if one side's gonna dominatingly win. I don't know if one side's, if it's gonna be back and forth. I think it will be more close to back and forth if I'm guessing. But I think what I'm taking away from this is we're we're supposed to see this as a pointless kind of rivalry that is draining the ability for these two to be good players. Is So essentially I'm saying neither of these two are winning at all. I really don't think they have a chance. I think this episode clarified that big time by Sebastian and Wendell talking about how they were in a worse spot because Chris and Dominic were around. And they didn't appreciate each other because these two were like so polarizing. I think I agree with that. That they're... Yeah. That they're not winning. I think your idea is sort of is it's new to They're me. both losing. Yeah. In the long term, I think they are both they're both losing this story. This is not a good story yeah. for either of them. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. It's just showing uh, that they're both really big characters, but they're not winner material. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, and yeah, I think moving on from there, the next one is like this whole, like one bad decision can influence your life or influence your game. And I mean, one, I think that's a baked in theme of this season, but I also think some characters are getting that way more than others. Uh, the idea that in a flash second, your game can completely change. I feel like we're going to get one of these big worst of all time moments. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think we talked about that last episode, and yeah, I think it's still this episode coming. didn't really add much to it, but I think it's still Kellen. We'll get to Kellen. I think more, it's Kellen. But... Yeah, I think this is Kellen's story. Yeah, and like it wasn't really clarified on at all in this episode. No. Um, different times, types of strength continues to be probably the se- the story of the season is like uh, this idea that not just physical strength, not just brute force, uh, is the important part of the game. It's been clarified all throughout. Again, I don't think this episode really had much with how this story is going to unfold, uh, no. unless you have any ideas. No, I don't think so, but it was definitely brought forward at the first episode, and then Stephanie brought it up before she left, so I think we're going to see more of it, and I think we have yeah. avenues through which it can manifest. Yeah, and I think the only thing in this episode that does kind of connect to that is um, Sebastian talking about how much it meant to him that wendell kept that shell because i do think like sebastian talks about how much he cares about little reminders and how like paying attention to people is a valuable skill uh jenna kind of talks about similar stuff i do think that that is maybe tied together in some loose way um and just like this idea that paying attention to the little things is important as a like is a skill in this game yeah i think and i think that's an interesting takeaway the shell scene is just really interesting to navigate at this point um yeah i feel like we're going to talk about the shell scene a lot in yeah with regards to sebastian and wendell both absolutely but yeah it's uh it came out of nowhere and yeah i'm interested how it plays into that little reminder scene and yeah beyond that uh the major other major stories that kind of unfold in this episode are I think we finally got a clear picture of what this playing with your gut thing that's been, like, episode three, I believe, was titled uh, You Gotta Play With Your Gut or something like that. Trust Your Gut. Um, trust Your Gut, that's it. And uh, in this episode, Kellen gets her big tribal council speech to talk about what that means exactly. It means playing with your heart and your mind together and they inform each other. I do think that will be crucial. Um, I wasn't so into it i guess i i know i recalled it from this episode but i guess i didn't remember all the little things from previous episodes um there is stephanie's comment where it's like you gotta ride the waves or you gotta surf that wave when it comes in Mm -hmm. that's part of that i think uh i know chris at one point talks about how he would rather get voted out trusting his instincts than uh like rather get voted out trusting his instincts than survive not trusting his instincts i do think there is a lot around like instincts gut like go with your like what's like what you believe to your core more than overthinking and i do think that is something that is being told to us over and over again i have no idea how that plays to the larger narrative yet i do think this is the thing that will come back in episode 13 and jeff will make a big speech about it but Hmm. at this point i don't think there is a clear picture of who it's gonna be or how it's gonna affect the game or whatever i think it's tricky to put that next to something like the navidi five who sort of seem like they're not thinking about it but it's also not like a gut play they're just Mm -hmm. going with numbers and especially with james's line this episode about how the starting tribes are random and yeah Jeff's Jeff's lines about how you don't bleed Navidi or bleed Malolo. I think that's an important thing. But I also get the gut thing when it comes to like Donathan, who will have to choose between Chris and Dominic at some point. And yeah, no, I I do believe that that is where that story is going to pay off is the Donathan choosing Chris or Dominic. Uh, and I feel like he's gonna choose based on his gut. It's just. And, like, he'll be like, should I choose my head or my mind? Like, Laurel's with Dominic over there, and uh, logically that makes sense, but my heart's telling me to go with Chris because his mom and my mom. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly how I'll say it, too. (laughs) Uh, So, beyond that, 
Uh, I feel like one thing that was huge in this episode was the idea of fresh new life, the ability to re like kind of be reborn. Maybe this is similar to reversing a curse. Um, but Jeff has a speech that I actually wrote down in this episode that was kind of odd. Yeah, it was and almost very... like really focused on. Yeah. It was very out of nowhere, like, it could have just been a normal tribe swap, but Jeff sort of gives this little speech after they've swapped, and... And what he says is, here's the fact, the turning points in this game are where the strong players shine and the weak players fade. Regardless how you're feeling right now, your odds of getting to the end are better now than when the game began. It's a brand new start to Survivor Ghost Island for some of you. And it was, like, more, way more focused on than a traditional, just kind of, like, Jeff rant, and it was clearly yeah. cut. Um, just from editing, I know the way Jeff was speaking was, like, this was clearly cut up. It was not a, like, that was not all he said. Um, there was clearly way more. It was kind of cut in between sentences. And I feel like they cut this to be an important part. Like, I feel like we really are supposed to take this as a brand new start to somebody's journey. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I get what you mean. Because you can sometimes even hear it in confessionals where they've obviously spliced together lines that weren't yes. like that before. So I'm interested... In tribal councils and stuff. Yeah, to see how it exact how exactly that speech was cut together. Like, I can't remember off the top of my head where, like, lines end and began, but... Yeah, but I think the important thing is, like, often with these Jeff kind of, like, just Jeff being like, all right, come on in, guys. It's not like you're getting that cut up. It's Oh, for sure. They filmed Jeff saying it. This one, he is being cut up, and it's, like, actually cutting. So clearly what he's saying they've figured is important um, and maybe wouldn't or- ordinarily be shown. So I do think that is crucial for at least the story in some regard. Yeah, something to hold on to. So, yeah, beyond that, uh, I think the only other story I'm really picking up on now is Dominic has been called uh, Russell Hans 2.0. Libby's been called uh, Parvati 2.0. We're getting a lot of player comparisons. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get more. Uh, and I feel like that's... It makes sense because it's Ghost Island and a lot, very self-referential, yeah. very meta. Uh, I don't know if it actually means anything, but I feel like it is kind of cool that this is one of the first-ish seasons where you're getting a lot of comparisons to other players. Yeah, I think they tried to avoid it before, maybe, but yeah, we're getting it from those two, and then Bradley's yeah, I mean, also... Yeah, like, there is some iconic moments, like, uh, like Cass referring to Wu as... Uh, Fabio. Fabio? Yeah. She refers to him as like a Fabio type, which is interesting because that didn't pay off. He wasn't a Fabio oh, yeah. type winner. It certainly happened. I think the theme this season allows for more. Yeah, I feel like it's more blatant this yeah. time. Like it's Parvati 2.0. It's it's Bradley saying he's a mixture of Kim's Boston Bradley, Rob Boston and Kim Spradlin. Yeah, no, I, I think that is a story. I wouldn't be surprised if like either somebody is not at all like a previous winner in that or a previous player and that is like creativity in being unique is good or if it's like someone else will future be compared to another previous player i, I bet this isn't the first time i also don't think it's that important so yeah i think uh, i read so I guess... on somewhere that since we've had a parvati and a russell comparison someone's gonna get compared to sandra and they'll win oh yeah no if anybody like i feel like we should be on like red alert if anyone if sandra diaz twine is mentioned at any point <laughs> in this season that person is winning like either the person they mentioned it about the person who's saying it 
Like the winner, if if Sandra is mentioned, that is, I feel like a lock because hmm. that would be such like, that would be such a hilarious narrative if it's like Dominic Libby plus whoever <laughs> they say Sandra. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, yep, that's all the stories I have. So yeah, those are the main I think driving stories of this season, uh, and obviously we'll see how they actually shake out. Uh, so moving on, we'll start with the Navidi tribe, New- Navidi three Yeah. So first on this list, just alphabetically, is Bradley. I feel like we always start with Bradley, but like... yeah, I feel like he. Is really for anyone who just listened to the first 30 minutes or whatever bradley is probably very much talked about yeah and what a character he is a wonderful character like early on i said some mean things about bradley i take them back because he's hilarious i love him <laughs> uh that confessional where he was talking about how he's so great actually even better than he thought so good yeah i mean i think we'd we don't have much to say on his winner chances. So. Yeah, I feel like we talked about it last week. His story doesn't line up with making the merge. Yeah. Like, he is a dictator character, and we already have our two dictator leaders in Dominic and Chris. So unless Dominic or Chris is leaving pre-merge, I feel like Bradley is leaving pre-merge because I don't understand how he would fit in with the other two in a merge. So I feel like on that front, it's reasonable to assume that Bradley isn't making the merge and he will be our brute next week. I I want to agree. The preview makes me nervous because it is very blatantly like Bradley. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's ruining things on Navidi and previews lie. So it's true. But I it's can true. see them still just going with it. It's. It's still a surprise because we're led to believe that the Navidis on that tribal stick together and vote out the devil, so. Yeah, and I do think maybe, like, there's a chance that's wrong and Bradley's our merge boot, but I feel like that's his, that is his best case scenario is coming as out as that merge boot and the story of Dominic Chris just gets silent for a week and everyone's just like, I cannot stand this guy, <laughs> he's the merge boot. I feel like that's the only scenario where he isn't, going next week if he is going the next week my my conspiracy theory is that he somehow ruins the navidi coffee because we've had two episodes in a row where the navidi coffee has been super important to someone and he just like because you see him and he complains a lot and you see him building around the fire or like i don't know yeah i feel like i really hope we're getting like the greatest meltdown of all time next week. And I think it's possible, right? Like, I really think that is in the cards. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm here uh, for it. I think story-wise, like, I feel like Bradley, as a character, does more to sink other people than anything else. Like, to me, Kellen has never been a realistic winner contender because she's only been paired with Bradley. Yeah. It's like, this guy is just negativity everywhere. So it's like, it's not a good look to be paired to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, other than that, like, I don't think he has much influence other than just being, like, the villain. Like, Yep. I think it's interesting that he said Dominic was his best ally. Yeah, I feel like that's not good for Dominic. <laughs> yep. It all depends on next episode. Yep. This, yeah. So, next up is Chelsea, who actually had a surprisingly big episode. I mean, for her. it was, it wasn't, like, huge. But it was something. She got, like, a two visibility. Yeah. And, like, I think it was a positive moment. Yeah, it was fine. To me, it was, like... To me, she's so uncharismatic that's almost hard to remember what she <laughs> says. Like, it's, like, she's, like, crying about her mom or something. It's, like, how am I forgetting this already? No, I don't think she even, like, talked about her mom. I think the coffee just made her so happy. Yeah, I think so as well. So... But, you know what I mean? Like, it, like she could have said anything, basically. And, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, Chelsea. Yep. I read something else online that someone was like, I don't know. Maybe they're doing something weird with Chelsea. And my head. They're not doing my something head, weird with I play with my head and I'm like, no, but my, my heart really wants it. So honestly, that would be hilarious. But like, that would be the end of Survivor. <laughs> Like, think about people react negatively to Jenna Maraska saying she didn't earn it and Michelle Fitzgerald. Imagine you just don't show somebody and they're super uncares. Like, no way. No way. I don't, I don't That's know. That's how every I casual quits. reality TV-wise, you could potentially get away with it. Like, it's definitely a change for Survivor, but I don't think it would kill him. But I feel like it, like if they had another, like, I feel like, like if it goes from, like, super exposed Ben to invisible, like, I feel like it's, it's a bad look. I don't know. We've talked too much about her. Yeah, we've talked too much about Chelsea. <laughs> um, and she does not play into any of the stories at all. Like, she doesn't have a story. No. Other than coffee. She does have she, a little story about she coffee. She is a force in the challenges. True. Yeah, I guess she has a story of not doing well in challenges, right? Like, yeah. Jeff just completely, like, raining on her parade at any instance. Yep. Um, so I guess someone who is really tied to all kinds of stories... Basically, every story is Dominic. Uh, this was a great episode for Dominic. Like, anybody out there who is on that train of Dominic is the winner. Like, have wonderful co- confirmation bias out the wazoo tonight. Or, this week. Yep, I... I think if you're still on that Dominic train, it's a great episode for him. I I left it so long ago that... Yeah, for <laughs> me, like, it's... I feel, like, very important the fact that even now, all... He, like, he cannot survive an episode without like t- like making fun of chris forever you know what i mean like he really can't get by without just drowning every confessional about chris like it's, it's really not a good look for him in my opinion it's good in like the terms of like be- getting shown having complex content but the fact that he's still so laser focused on chris is not a good sign yeah. in my opinion yeah and i guess i should say i'm not like oh i don't believe dominic was winning three episodes ago so i'm never going to believe he's winning like my number one contender is someone who i thought never had a chance so i think i think it's just that the stuff that i thought made him not win like how episode four or three is all about stuff backfiring on him i don't think that's been undone yet in any way i agree i think i think we're supposed to respect the way he's playing but he's missing the mark in some important aspects and i feel like over and over again it's telling us that um and i do think the fact that he's being compared to Chris so much, I really think it's it, it's a... I feel like they're using Chris as a proxy to show how bad Dominic is often, and vice versa. Like, it's... I really think these two's story is intertwined in that they can't win, I feel like. Like, to me, like, don't get me wrong, Dominic is on my winner board. Yeah, he, but, like, <laughs> he is actually my fourth. Yeah, he is my fourth as well. But I, I'm only putting three on my chart now. <laughs> yeah, like, he's my, he's my, like, if things, if I'm really wrong, he's the winner board kind yeah. of character. Where it's like, I really think if I, if I do have a pulse on the story, and I think I do this season, that the story isn't about these big people, it's about the small people behind them. This is a story of the, like, the kings getting super arrogant, sipping their, like, wine as they don't realize laurel wendell like the like the people below them are preparing to take them out yeah or even like are more capable than them what if we need a small person to fit in a hole yep exactly that's that's, that's how bingo. stephanie fits in that's how she was important we solved the mystery um other than that yeah. for dominic this episode i actually think that is very attuned like i really think maybe that is the point like 
this like talking about big people not necessarily being the most beneficial and small people having their advantages even as ham-fisted as shoving in a hole maybe is an important story of the season but more with dominic i some things in this episode that are even more sort of kind of death sentences to me are like the way he was talking about libby yes i feel like winners don't get shown that way like like 44 year old men don't get shown talking about the seductive powers of 24 year old women uh and then go on and win uh yep i think especially when like I think the fact that all we saw of Libby was her sort of, like, toddling around the beach, like, being totally inoffensive, and Dominic was like, she is the devil, she is Parvati 2.0, she will slit your throat. I think she was negative, but it was only by the virtue of Dominic, really. And it wasn't a good look for Dominic. Or Libby, but... I agree, and, like... (laughs) I feel like what we're taking over and over again in these episodes and we talk about it every week is Dominic does not have a good read on what's going on around him. And we're being shown that in so many different ways. Libby is like bathing and he's like, this, she's the next poverty man. She's, she's, she's the seductive powers of, of it out of this world, man. You have no idea. Yeah. It's like, that is one creepy and two, not good look for a winner. And three, I feel like I just don't see a world with this guy, even if he makes it to the end, which I don't expect i don't see how this guy gets jury votes from these people who are locks for the jury yep i agree with that yeah i don't know um other than that like obviously he has that russell hans 2.0 thing and now he's referred to a poverty so that's kind of interesting uh other than that really i don't see much to talk about here with donathan a poverty dominic he's against yeah, Which is so maybe it's Parvati 2.0 or 1.0. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, no, like, it's, he's obviously the lead character. It's just, the lead character doesn't always win, and I feel like we're being, like, for me, this is much more likely to be a how Dominic loses season than a why somebody wins season, or even how Dominic wins season. Like, I really think it's either why he loses, or he just, he passes, or he's a passing torch guy. Mm. I think it's just why he loses and someone else wins. I think we're getting both. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, and granted, I do think, I don't think why, like, the only season I can think of that is really why somebody lost, I think, is Samoa. Yeah. I think other than that, there aren't actually those edits. Like, I feel like that is kind of a myth. Korong was about why Michelle won. It was just also about why Aubrey lost. Yeah. And I mean, and, yeah. I don't, I think we just see Russell as such a huge character that maybe we just miss out on all the stuff that was there for Natalie. Mm-hmm. And I think we have Laurel, who we'll get to, but who is that in that Natalie White position? And we're seeing like the stuff we miss with Natalie if she yes, wins. Yes, we are. But we don't know if she wins. So that's what makes it tricky. You yeah, know, like that's the thing is we said this a couple weeks ago, but yeah, if Laurel wins, she is getting the closest to a Natalie White edit, even if she does doesn't win i feel like of anybody since natalie white is the most close to natalie white just on a pure content basis and that's pretty cool yeah like she basically in this episode got the like i'm praying with glue content i can get along with anybody yeah uh but yeah that's enough on dominic yeah uh moving on donathan quiet episode for donathan but not in a bad way i don't think much needed cooldown. much needed cooldown. no i i have problems with this he's on both swap episodes he's been really quiet and i think that's a strange place to be super quiet. Especially in an episode where Jeff Probst talks about how turning points are important spots for yeah. good players shine and weak players fade. Yeah. In this episode, Jeff says that and Dominic fades. Or, sorry, Donathan fades. And that's not a good look at all, actually. The more I think about it. Because he did not get a confessional. Um, 
I believe he... Oh, he did not. No, wow. and really, he was pretty close to invisible. Yeah, he had that line about, do we have a choice? Yeah, he did talk. He did say a couple lines. Um, He talked about how he thought that they were going to keep winning or something like that. But yeah, like, really, like, not a good episode overall for Donathan. To me, this is why he he went from my number one to, I think, my number two. Uh, and honestly, might be my number three. He is my number three. Because really, he should have been on this episode. He should have been on the previous swap episode. Yeah. It's weird that he keeps being ignored in these crucial moments, especially in a season where Jeff Probst has said that that is the moment where good players show up. Uh, so maybe I'm more and more to- uh, on the idea that Laurel is more winning than him. Uh, but I still think it's pretty even. Mm, I don't know. It's really... We'll get to Laurel and why. Yeah, we'll get to Laurel. Because she also had a very bad first swap. But I think there's more justification for that now. Yes. Uh, Donathan hasn't got to articulate why he's not showing up in places. He just... And that's the thing is, I feel like Donathan, it's bad that he's going 5-1, 5-1. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he's spiking. He's not... It's not like 3-4, 3-4... Three five, you know what I mean? It's 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 one to five, which is not a good spike. The spikes are just not good. Yeah. Any of like these crazy winners who get all like like people often use the term much needed cooldown. Tony did not get a much needed cool in quotes much needed cooldown. All these players did not like all these huge in your face ones didn't really get these things that people say people need. Yeah, like Ben didn't get that. No, Ben was consistently visible. I don't know if Adam and, had one. Uh, Adam had a little bit, but Adam's, I think, a different type of winner. Yeah. Um, And he never, he still, I think, at the least was at two. Yeah. And yeah, I really don't think, like, the much-needed cooldown is is a necessary thing for these high-visibility winners. Nope. So, Especially yeah, not I, anymore. Like, yeah, no, not anymore. I think this is a bad episode for Donathan straight up. I still think he is the number... Like, on the board, much higher than pretty much anybody, than the majority. But it's like, yeah. I feel like this episode clarified some people who are above him and a world where I can see him not winning. Yeah, the content he has gotten is not bad. I just think he's not getting all the content he should be getting. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to Libby, I, uh, Poverty 2.0. The literal devil. Literal devil and an angel's body. Aw, uh, poor Libby, poor Libby. Yeah. Your only content is about something you did four rounds ago and that you're hot like she said something but i don't remember what yeah she like said i something. think can i lie down on the beach next to you or <laughs> yeah she, she said something about that but yeah that's... and it's like i don't know i feel bad for her i feel like she's probably playing better than we're seeing uh it's wild that i feel like she will emerge as a fun character at some point uh again like she emerged as a fun character in episode three and then i think she will again because like being called poverty 2.0 means something to the audience on Don Ross's <laughs> EW poll, like, Parvati got rated the second favorite winner of all time, or maybe the best winner of all time. It's like, fans love Parvati. Yeah. Calling somebody Parvati means something. I hope that means that we're going to get a wonderful Libby coming out party soon. <laughs> like a true Southern Belle. Yes. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> um, uh, yep. Yeah, other than that. That's Navidi. Yeah, that's Navidi. Pretty sure they're going I to really... Tribal Council next week. Yeah, that would be my where my money would go to. Yeah. Um, Yanuya is not going to Tribal. Yanu- no. Malolo might maybe but and angela if, goes i guess no i think if they're i think they're just i feel like it's navidi ending michael if malolo goes and oh that would be very sad that's the story and then that would be very very sad oh no i hope you're not right <laughs> so yeah anyway on to N- yanuya. yanuya so starting with chris oh so yanuya is the new tribe they're green uh and I feel like this, op- uh, I think an important thing to mention first is that Jenna gets the first confessional, which is awesome. She talks about the importance of a fresh start, so that's cool. 
but then most of it was dominated by Chris. I feel like this was the most important tribe of this episode. Yeah. So we'll start with Chris. Um, hilarious episode for Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, Chris is the single best survivor casting since Coach. I... He is hilarious. He is physical. He is great TV. He gives wonderful confessionals. I, I will not agree. <laughs> I, he's great. I don't think he's, like, notable. I mean, he really feels like... If JP just got more of an edit here. Like, these are but the same... Chris is so charismatic, Shev. He's so charismatic, it's exhausting. I, I don't... I don't know. I like Chris. Um, he got really laid into in this episode. Yeah, this and... is the episode that tells us he's definitely not winning. Yeah, and I feel like this is the one where, like, just by the way, there's actually no chance. Like, we've been teasing you a little bit, but don't get too excited. He's <laughs> fun, but he's not a winner. Yeah. And, in fact, you should be looking at various players who are showing positively, maybe in a different lens. Yeah. Notably Dominic. I uh, and again I think his he is the epitome of this physical strength is not the most important quality. Uh Laurel gets to bounce off of him and show that he she her social ability is more important than his physical ability. Uh she talks about how if they're going to go to tribal he's going to leave despite his physical ability. Yeah. And I feel like he is the poster child for that theme. I agree. Him and I guess everybody. Like he is the <laughs> physical physical yeah. strength part of it. He yeah. is. He got some really fun content about how, as a as a big strong man, he has a like he has to work harder. And I, I actually really like I think that is a good point. Like like big athletic dudes who are just naturally seen as threats do probably have a harder road at the merge. Uh, and I, I I thought that was actually pretty good content. And then they were like, and now we're gonna exaggerate it to an absurd extreme. And I love the way they added it. <laughs> Beneficiary. Beneficiary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get subtitled, but other than that, his content in this episode was wonderful from a TV aspect. I hope he considers this investment in himself worthwhile. Uh, other than yeah. that, nothing really to say on Chris, because yep. he's not winning. And I don't think he'll be really tied to a winner too much. Well, I mean, it depends on how things really break down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his story isn't the... Like, maybe it connects to the winner story, but I don't think it's direct or anything like that. Like, like I feel like he is a... Oh, like he's like a Cole kind of character where it's like he's he's the villain. He'll be like the villain for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a hurdle to topple, but not necessarily hugely important to the actual overall narrative, I don't think. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think he's making it too much further, so. No, I feel like this episode solidified that we're probably not getting him for much longer, and the editors are sad about that. Uh, so next up is Jenna. She did not get the content we thought she needed in this episode. Yes. But that said, I do think she got good content, but not good enough considering what happened to her. No, I don't think. You mentioned the confessional, which I think is interesting, but it also just gave me shades of Rourke. Like, it was very rourke But obviously, she's way more visible than Rourke. Like, in terms of, oh. like... Yeah, and it's also episode, like, six, so... Yeah. I'm talking that Rourke confessional, the first thing the healers got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, so, I, I did the transcription of the confessionals not, like, 30 minutes ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it is kind of interesting, like, it's better than I thought it was. Like, she, like, Jeff refers to a fresh start, and she refers to a fresh start. She says, I think a fresh start is perfect timing, it, timing, and I'm excited about it. Um, I do think there is still a world where she wins. It's just, like, mm. she is that person getting, like, like the Michelle Fitzgerald, like, getting exactly the average amount of content you're supposed to get in an episode. <laughs> like, if it averages out, you're getting Jenna's content, and it's like... I don't know. I'm, I'm now more skeptical on Jenna than you are. To me, I, honestly, I've eliminated her in terms of, like, actual, uh, actual speculation. 
But yeah. again, I, I still think there is a world she wins. It's not, it's like a 1%, I think. Yeah. Like, I feel like if she is, if the story is how Malolo reverses the curse of Malolo, original Malolo reverses the curse of Malolo, um, I think Jenna is the, the most beneficiary of <laughs> that theme. Like, I feel like she is the one who has clearly articulated that idea. And is probably in there for the longest. I feel like she will probably be the last Malolo standing, other than like Laurel, Donathan, maybe Michael. I, is that all of them left? <laughs> I, I think so. I do think she'll. She's in it for a while. I think. Is that how many? Are you missing a Malolo? Uh, no. I, I believe James was the. Yeah, Libby. Libby is the last one. And maybe the story's Cullen is at this point a Malolo. She's been on there for most of the time. Uh, no, because she's no, been okay. so Navidi strong. Pagongi yeah, true. epic. She's not Malolo. Yeah, other than that, I wish Jenna got some Stephanie content. I wish she got yeah. more. Like, this was good. It was good content, but it wasn't good in context of this season. Yeah. You could have real easily slotted in the stuff Jenna needs. but Yeah, I pretty much eliminated her when we didn't hear from her before the swap. Yeah. Like, I, I on my list, I was like, oh, Jenna's not winning. Sad face. Because, like, well, unless she's wearing her buff in that confessional, you could almost slot it in and be like, a fresh start would be great or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And it fits perfectly, and then Jenna tromps to the win, but... Yeah, but yeah, case. no, I don't think I don't think it's that world. Uh, whereas on the flip side, I feel like early on we were calling for Jenna as a potential winner because she was getting this content for it and under the radar player. Up next is Laurel, and I feel like we missed the boat a little bit on her early on. But I do think we caught on relatively fast that she's totally in there with a chance to win. I think, I think at this point she is my number two. She's my number one. Oh, wow. I don't... Okay, you talk well, about this then. Okay, I think, first off, I've lost Stephanie. I've lost James. I'm obviously going for out there picks and i think laurel's a nice one to be right on um i think we were right early on though like it didn't make sense where she went to three tribal councils and didn't really get the content a person that is going to those tribal councils should i mean one of those is right after a swap and she's pretty much not there I mean, we see the... Yeah, all she says is that she likes Wendell. Yeah, but then right after that, she says she's been playing an under-the-radar game. Um, we get her talking to Donathan in the episode after that, and then this one is just an amazing episode for her, I would say. Like, I she agree. talks this... about her strength is that she can adapt into any situation, and I think we saw shades of this on the first two tribal councils for Malolo, where she's talking to Donathan and fitting in with people. Yep, J- Jacob uh, Ghost says that he could rope in Laurel. He could do- totally rope in Laurel. So we see that even the socially awkward one, as Jenna puts it, uh, can work with Laurel. Yeah, I think we could see her fitting into the different types of strength line where... Yep, she's a triple threat. She is a triple threat. And if she like were to obscure that until like she just brings it out at Final Trouble Council where she's like, I'm all these things and I'm here and I've done well with my social game and stuff. And I think it all just fits together the best, the most interestingly. I have problems with Donathan, obviously, who's my third. We'll get to our second here real quick. Um, In my first, but yeah. So yeah, for me, the biggest issue on her edit at this point is just the fact that she was ignored in those crucial times. I don't know why you give James the credit when it seems like it was a James Laurel double. Like, maybe have her do a little bit more because I do feel like she was involved in that. Uh, and, like, to me, it's, it's reading more like one of those captivating characters. Like, I, you know what her edit reminds me of? It's Devin, which tricked a lot of people, including me last year, 
where you're mm. building up this captivating character who didn't quite have the foundation for the edit it was getting like Devin kind of just shows up out of nowhere has enough that you can maybe wrestle it out in your mind that they're going to be a formidable threat they make it really far don't like close but no cigar uh and just don't win i feel like laurel is that where it's like i don't get why they don't build her up a little bit more so what when she does say her under the radar things it's a little bit more believable to me that's the biggest problem and she looks a lot more like a devon than anything else uh and i just got tricked on devon so i'm not putting her on my number one <laughs> i think wendell looks like a devon at sometimes though oh really yeah okay well we'll get we'll get to that soon yeah. uh do you have anything else to add about laurel um, uh, i don't think so i think hopefully we'll get a little bit more from her she didn't mention being separated from donathan which is something i just literally thought of but i doubt that matters i mean donathan didn't talk about it either i don't know like yeah and if they're... i feel like at this point yeah. it's clear that they're together and they're a pair but they're not necessarily always gonna be on the same side yeah. I feel like we could see them, like, drift, drift apart, then come back together, then, like, almost like a Ryan Devon, which further th- makes me more scared for <laughs> Devon Laurel. <laughs> uh, I guess the only other thing is, like, it's really good that she is the one who gets to talk about and clearly identify what's wrong with Chris. Dominic hasn't ever really told us what's wrong with Chris other than that he uh, is coming after him. Yeah. That's essentially what we've heard is wrong with Chris from Dominic's point of view. And Laurel gets to actually dig that dagger in and explain what is wrong with Chris. Mm-hmm. And that's super crucial, I think, for Laurel. Yeah, and I also like the scene of her and Jenna just walking and Laurel saying that, like, oh, if you just tolerate him, it'll be fine, but we yes. can get rid of him later. Like, I think Absolutely. that's just a good thing to show. And just, like, great confessionals all around. Like, I really think she is in there with a chance to win. My biggest fear is just she does not have the foundation, I think, for what she's getting mm-hmm. to the to a perfect extent. Uh, so next up is Sebastian. Any chance he's winning? Um... I don't think... He's gotten consistent content, so if you want me to stretch my winners, winner contenders out, he's, like, still up there, but he's not been yeah, portrayed for me as, like, strategic, or... He got played by Jenna, I feel, last round, and... Yeah, it was portrayed as Jenna playing him, which yeah. is not a good look. Um, I do think, to me, he's on that board. Like, he's probably, like, number five or six, but I'm with you where I think there's really three maybe four actual viable candidates and to me there's really two viable winner candidates and sebastian like again he could i could wake up 39 days from now or not 39 days whatever (laughs) a couple weeks well it might be Uh, it's not 39 days for us no it's a lot more than that um yeah it's like six more weeks yeah um like he could win he like, like he does have the basis for it, but he needs a real like com- like the merge needs to be huge for him. He needs to completely yeah. warp his story. He needs a long term story. He needs to shine. He can't fade. He needs to shine. Uh, he needs to be glowing. And I honestly similar to what Devin started getting at the merge, but he actually has the foundation for it, which I think is crucial. Other than that, like I don't have much to add. I think we can talk about Sebastian with Wendell here, yeah, because uh, I think we're now seeing that these two might be more connected than we thought. Yes, that shell scene is that shell scene to me is so I've every week I've come in and said that I think Wendell had the best edgic premiere of all time up there with earl and mike holloway Mm -hmm. and i really think this is that next scene he needed that shell scene where 
Sebastian's like, I'm so amazed that Wendell remembers these tiny things. That shell is so dirty and gross. All Wendell did was he didn't even move beaches. He stayed on the same beach and brought a shell one time to Yanuya. So he did one little action on one boat ride, bringing a shell to Sebastian, who he knew was going to be on his tribe. And this was portrayed as the most heroic, the best, most social gamey thing possible in a season that's been telling us so much about the importance of social strength. It's ridiculous. Like, this was essentially a fabricated story. It doesn't make any sense that something is so It was so out focused of the blue. On. Yeah, it's a, like... It's a shell. It is a shell. Uh, yeah, we don't... He picked up a shell and brought it to a guy, and he gets this glowing content. Like, we don't even... We never got the idea before this that Sebastian was this person who, like, collected little reminders, even. So it... Yeah, because I don't think he is. <laughs> you don't think so? I think Sebastian Well, I'm sure he is. I mean, I'm sure he is. I'm sure it's not super important to him. I feel like what happened in the scenario I just made up now is that Sebastian found this shell. I don't know what he did with the living thing that was in it, but got rid of that and then left it by the shelter. And then when they swapped, he didn't have it. And so Wendell was like, oh, I have your shell. Yeah. But the point of the shell scene is that it makes more sense for Wendell. Like, like we haven't been given the stuff to make it make sense in a winner's context for Sebastian. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing, is, like, you could portray it as Sebastian notices things and cares about, like, the importance of nature and all this stuff, right? Like, but it's not. It's about, like, Sebastian got content in this episode almost exclusively about how cool and wonderful Wendell is. <laughs> yes. And his, his role in this episode was to highlight how great Wendell is. And then Wendell got content to highlight how great Wendell is. <laughs> and it was a story of how Wendell notices small things about people and cares about them and can portray that in a, like, a like make people care about him more and work with him more because he pays attention more. And, like, even, like, Jenna referring to, like, hey, you want to build some furniture for me? Yeah. We got reminders of what he does, of his personal content in the first episode. Uh, we got him, like, relating to Sebastian. Like, to me, this is very similar to Jeremy eating that uh, balook in Cambodia, where it's just like, this is an in-your-face winner scene. Like, this is him basically confessing he's the winner. To me, I'm really putting Wendell... Like, I would honestly be pretty ready to put Wendell, Gap, Laurel, Donathan, nothing else. Hmm. I don't know. I like I said, I feel Wendell just as easily as Laurel fits into a Devin plot where see it sounds like you feel like Devin didn't get a lot of stuff pre merge, but he was there. He was there, but like there's several key moments like the Lauren or sorry, the um not the Lauren boot, the uh Patrick boot, where he's the one who says Lauren like he wants to keep Lauren in the game, but we're never shown a Lauren Devin relationship. Like there are these kind of like dark marks where it's like if we would if what Devin's the winner. Why weren't we shown that Devin cared enough about Laurel or sorry Lauren to work to save her? Hmm. And instead, he we just see him working to save somebody he's never talked to on the show. Um, and everyone like Ryan is in that episode is clearly wanting uh Lauren out, and so and Allie knows Patrick in real life, and then Devin is the one who makes that call in the episode, but it's super like not focused on like it's. They're all talking, and Devin's just like, I think we should keep Lauren. And, like, that is an episode, that is a moment that normally would be a winner scene, and it wasn't. So, I think looking back, you should look and see he did not have the foundation. Hmm. And the big edgic debate last season was, like, does a person need that foundation? And I think the answer turned out to be yes. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I see Laurel having that foundation then. I mean, I think it's fair, and, like, that's the thing. That's why she's my number two. I just think Wendell, his biggest, like, dark marks for me are those, like, in pretty much invisible episodes. Um, mm -hmm. But I understand why he wouldn't be shown in those episodes, whereas I don't understand 
why Laurel wasn't front and center in some of those episodes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I can rationalize in my mind, Wendell just, like, is not relevant to this story in the pre-merge, essentially. But they're reminding us over and over again these kind of tiny positive qualities, which they are doing for Laurel, too. But I feel like there's more, like, why wasn't this shown for Laurel than there is for Wendell? And I feel like they are front and center as our most likely winner candidates, so I have to put Wendell way higher if I don't have genuine pause for what's going on with him. Okay. I I don't know. I just I, And I still don't think Laurel has a winner scene. Like I don't know how like one one motto I kind of always stick to is like on the reunion show, how are they gonna edit together the story of the winner? And I can see that for Wendell, I can't see it for Laurel right now. Hmm. I feel like with the Donison scene at the beginning and her talking to people like Dominic and like But isn't like think about that. So w- Wendell on his winner package or whatever would talk about how like you would show the scene where he's like, I like that dumb guy. I'm going to help him and he's going to help me out later on down the line. What are you going to show Dominic Donathan talking about how cool Laurel is? Cause she's African-American. Like to me, like we didn't even hear like Donathan being like, I love Laurel. It's like, I want to meet an African-American person. Like, I really think to me, I can't see it because a lot of people talk for Laurel and she responds. And so I guess maybe you show like the whole scene or something, but I just, to me, like she's missing those like crucial memorable winner scenes. Hmm. I feel like she could have them. I don't know. We're in definite disagreement right now. <laughs> but I think I think it's good that... I'm glad that we're agreed on what Laurel versus Wendell. When, like, I feel like there's so many directions other people are going. Yeah, like, the internet is really surprising me at how little they're supporting these people. Uh, just, look, like, kind of, like, glossing over our edgic uh various places kellen michael seem to be the front runners yeah. on those sites dominic. and i and dominic yeah and dominic i feel like is the one who i believe could win i don't think there's a, like i to me kellen and michael are both essentially eliminated michael has a little bit more like to me michael is again at like 0.5 percent like yeah yeah we'll get to there's michael. a weird world he wins but um, I don't, yeah. And I, I mean, I don't not get why people are going for these people, but I think... I think they're traps. Yeah. So I'm glad we're we're finally, after episodes of Jenna and James and all that fun, where <laughs> we're centralizing on people. We just, we just don't know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, I think Dominic is the one of those, like, fringe candidates that is the most likely to win. Like, I can see the world he wins. I yes. can't really see the world where Kellen or Michael win. So that's my input on that. Well, we'll get to Michael, but uh, yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to them soon. Pretty soon. Um, I think we're. Ready I think the only that. other thing I want to say yeah. about Wendell is Sebastian's been shown this entire season to be a fun, likable character who's kind of a reliable narrator. Like he's trustworthy. The audience likes him. He always gets these fun lines, and he's the one they choose to really highlight the positive qualities of Wendell. I think that's super important. Um, Hmm. It's not like Chris is out here being like, yeah, Dom, Wendell's the best. I love this guy. <laughs> it's it's Sebastian who we're told, essentially shown over and over again, is a fun character who can sense the good in people or whatever. But yeah, other than that, uh, I think Wendell's the winner. Wendell, etc. Hashtag Wendell. Uh, <laughs> I was I, I I I thought it from episode one too. Got a little bit lost for a while, but. <laughs> overall but you I feel found like, yourself it's a fresh new start yeah it was a fresh new start also i guess that's another thing super good that this is a huge coming out party for wendell that this is a fresh new start and he gets to articulate that he's different now that he's away from big old mean dominic he gets a fresh start super mm-hmm. important and sebastian gets to articulate how he's different now that he's away from dominic everything in this episode is telling you why Domin- why wendell's the best even laurel's content okay so <laughs> hashtag wind shell yeah ha- exactly uh the wind shell scene will <laughs> 
will be on the reunion night when Wendell wins. Call it now. Yeah, if he does win, it's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next up is the Mol- cursed Malolo yeah. tribe. Ooh. <laughs> To Angela. Ay, ay, ay. So many uh, scenes of just like her staring in the distance. Yeah, like I feel like she is the like the top of this chart of like people. Like, why is she getting as much content as she is in all these episodes? Do you feel like she's getting a lot of content? Well, she goes from nothing to five. Like, I think she has two five visibility. Hmm. I don't know. I was because um, I still try to rank everyone for winners, but that's like getting hard. There's like a group at the bottom that's just sort of however I'm feeling that week. Yes. And Angela just feels weird because she's getting like content only when it's absolutely necessary. Well, and I don't know. I don't know if she's super verbose, but she talks forever every single time she <laughs> talks. Like it's. And I feel like she's terrible at this game. Like, I really think she... Maybe they're just giving her, a, a like, a rough job. But, like, when she was crying about her family, like, I feel like it was edited in a way to, like... It was absurd. Like, it, it was, like, super over the top. No, it was... you had said that before you rewatched. And then I rewatched and I was like, no, you're just... Okay, I'm just a bad person. You're just maybe, mean. I'm just mean. Um, but, you yeah, know, like, I just... I feel like they're not giving... Like, Despite her being essentially an underdog, or not really given any reason to like her or see her as a capable player, like I feel like this episode, all it did was discredit her ability to play Survivor. Yeah. So maybe she is one of those candidates to be somebody who makes a huge mistake. But I think she's made a bunch already, and they haven't really been highlighted on. I don't know. Yeah. We're, For me, we're, yeah, I don't know. Like, let's leave. Zero <laughs> percent chance of winning this game. Uh, I feel like the top candidate to be the merge boot, personally. Uh, I don't know. Merge boot's more murky for me now. But I, I, I've always believed that there is not no such thing as a merge boot edit. There's just a turning t- of the tide boot like and so sometimes the merge boot comes like Michaela in Millennials version x or it'll be like a lot like the second juror or the third juror like it's i feel like there's a turning point boot maybe even an alley but i don't think there is a merge boot edit like some merge boots are like invisible like hmm. uh i just think her story makes sense to end at the merge yeah because i do feel like i doubt chris is the merge boot because i feel like he has more longevity than that but the story seems to be telling me that he should die as soon as he's vulnerable so i feel like um, somehow he he like pulls off an immunity and they go after her the person who's been shown as his true right hand girl yeah yep i definitely see it and i mean i'm thinking about what the alternatives are and there's no one else's prevalent i guess so Mm -hmm. it's like our cole and uh jessica like angelus is jessica she gets the she gets the big old boot yep um other than that (laughs) i find her very boring i don't know (laughs) so moving on to desiree See, huge episode for Desiree. Yeah, see, in my, like, stirrings at the bottom, I put Desiree at the top of this bottom because I was like, well, they have to show her, like, demolishing this challenge. So maybe this is her turning point. And... Nope. But... Turns out we were just supposed, from episode one, know that she's terrible at puzzles. And she proved to be terrible at puzzles. She got a second chance. Okay, new theory. She is passing the torch from James's edit. Ooh. <laughs> Is is Desiree your number one? Desiree is now There was a lot of content on that. What was that? Like, James... There was a lot of content with regards to that. Like, James keeps talking about how, like, I wish I could give you this. Um, That's kind of the story of this episode, I guess, was Desiree's second chance. But... Yeah. It wasn't still great. If she gets okay content next episode... You'll put her number four? Hold me back. Okay, I don't know what I'll do. Um... 
But yeah, right now, just the same as ever, she's not winning. Yeah, no, it's like, it's never good when you're pretty, pretty much ignored, and then the episode you come back in is an over-the-top mixed episode where you're shown, like, sporadic and, like, positive and negative all in one. Like, it's really, I feel like a really bad episode to be, <laughs> like, but like you, your coming out party shouldn't be like this. Also... Uh, yeah, that's the biggest problem, is that she was not shown much at all before this. But, I mean, you have to Yeah, show like, this episode challenge. on its own isn't bad. It's just, like, ignored, ignored, ignored. Ah, uh, she's really bad at puzzles, and she single-handedly ruined everything for her tribe, and they're not booting her despite James being awesome. Like, it's it's not a good look. Okay. You've I do think she'll be me. a big character. Like, I feel like she probably has some longevity, but, yeah. I really have nothing else to say. 54 um, days from now, remember this moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Desiree uh, Afuye, winner of Survivor, 36, 35, 36. 36. Um, I think she's funny. I like her fate as the homie. Um, a little bit too meme for me, but <laughs> whatever. She's pretty charismatic. Uh, somebody else who's very charismatic, but I do not like, is Kellen, <laughs> who seems to be getting a, a tough rep on the old Survivor Reddit. Yeah, it's that point in the season where people are like, hey guys, we need to be nicer to these people. Yes. And like, I didn't think we were there yet, but apparently we are because I thought people liked Kellen though. Yeah, to me it seems very polarizing, like, whereas it seemed like nobody liked Ryan last season other than me and a couple other people. Everyone hate like, it, it, like, it seems like 50-50 on Kellen. Like, yeah. There's a, like, there's a contingent of people that I'm probably included in that do nothing but <laughs> talk about how annoying it is that super fans go on there and are like, oh, I want to put Gong so badly, but... Um, I think I might like the second chances version of Kellen when she comes yeah, back. Yeah, no, I feel like seasons. I like Kellen as a human being. Like, I really think she is somebody who I would love to hang out with. I th- feel like she's somebody who reads, like, my friend. I like these, I, I like the absurd, like, metaphors and stuff. Like, the baby thing I found funny. But when it's in conjunction in a season where you're the villain, or, like, you're on the villainous side that we're not supposed to be rooting for, and you're giving us that stuff, like, it's easy to, it's easy to get a like, good old Hayden. Um, Bully is the character. Like, to me, I agree. If when she comes back, which I think is a very high possibility, yeah. she'll be awesome. Yeah. In the story of this one, she's not. Yeah. Same problems as usual. Even with the swap, I don't feel like we're seeing relationships. Unless her, like, relationship is to, like, all of Navidi, the concept, the island, but the even tribe was named not, after. Yeah. Like, that, that's never been a winner story, you know what I mean? Like, to me, it just doesn't make sense that people are still on her, considering the only ally we know she likes is Bradley. Apparently, even then, not really. We were told she's super close to Desiree, but it was very, like, okay. But yeah, it, was it was almost in the sense that this is her ally left from the Navidi 5. And it's one thing for... Like, like when Sebastian talks about how much he loves Chris because they're both from Florida, that's good content for a relationship. When Angela's like, we need to split up Kellen and Desiree because they're so close and we've never seen them talk, really. Not so good. <laughs> like, we've seen them talk, but only in a game pick-off-the-other-side context. We haven't seen them, like, like what do they have in common? Who knows? Yeah, well, apparently some things. Yeah, they have some things in common. They're super close. Uh, that, to me, just reads like it's gonna happen. Like, it's an Ashley Devon thing where some point in the merge one of them's gonna get the boot and the explanation for that episode's gonna be like because they're close to Desiree <laughs> <laughs> I meant yeah, in no, the I sense like are they one of the couples that's dating post-game? oh Kellen and Desiree <laughs> Kellen and Desiree <laughs> yep Kellen and maybe. Desiree now dating it's possible I thought it was um, Kellen and Bradley yeah maybe maybe I don't know I don't know other than that I really don't think she has a 
even a chance to win personally. Like, to me, I've eliminated her. And even people like I know and trust are putting her on this winner board, and I don't get it. I, I mean, I get it. Like, I get it because she is getting makes, content. Like, it's that thing where, like, if you look at her edric bar, that makes sense. Like, she's got, yeah, you're right. She's got the winner's edric bar, but not the winner's edric. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because, like, she still doesn't have a story, really, other than, like, maybe making a mistake. Um, like, have you heard she's divorced? Only, true. That's true. I think she quit her job. I would say, okay, for this episode, the one positive for her, I think, is that she kind of disparages the Navidi not sticking together. Uh, so maybe we are seeing a situation where, come the merge, she's just... Like, we've show, been shown this, like, side of her where she's super loyal and she wants to, like, keep things together and heal things, um, but sees that Navidi is fractured and isn't playing well together, so she divorces Navidi and flips to the good guys. Her versus like, the like curse, Malolo. it's her turning point, but not really because she still voted out Jane, so. Yeah, no. like, I feel like that's her best case scenario, and that would explain why she isn't being shown super tight with people. Yeah. Uh, if she does, if her narrative is she divorces the badness uh, i guess if that happens i would put her back on my winner contenders probably but like number five hmm. i guess she's a big contender for the merge boot maybe yeah yeah because she doesn't have relationships and that's important yeah but yeah that's all i really have to say about her um this was a terrible episode in general i think for her yeah she was like middle of the road nothing like <laughs> felt like she had no agency very she was just like, the scenes we were shown weren't that great. Because she's trying to convince Angela, and she's like, well, me and Des are going to vote together. And it just sounded very much like, once it gets down to three, you're gone. You're gone. Yeah. And just nope. not, not a good look. And yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, Kellen is one of those people I actually hope comes back, because I feel like she pro- she's probably charismatic and fun enough of a character just on her own. She's just put in the wrong season, I think. Like, a season that's encouraging a pagonging and... yeah she's the like leader for it so it's yep i don't know that's all i have to say about her yep. so finally uh or sorry not finally uh penultimately is michael yes uh what is, like i feel like this was a terrible episode for michael yes <laughs> and yeah michael is one of those people who people still are picking a lot and i just feel like if he's winning we're just crashing to the end like it's so messy there's so many things you can point out and be like this is not a good look for a winner yeah like there's a thing unless we're getting a new archetype for a winner i don't think michael's our winner and i'm somebody who did have him i think up until last week on it like on my top five uh at one point i think i had him as my number two i am a reformed michael stan uh and I really don't think he has, he, he looks just like a, like he's saying complex things, but not in the way that a winner sounds and not in the way that, like, I feel like he's going to be that turning point boot, like, or at best the Kelly Wentworth, like, either way, I just, he's not, doesn't at all read like a winner, like. Yeah, I just don't know where he fits in. I, to me, my gut would be like a final, like a J or something who makes yeah. it surprisingly deep, but not far enough. Because he has or a, just a know. lot of stories to integrate into that he's not in already. Like, there's all the Wendell stuff. He's never been on a tribe with Wendell. Like, mm-hmm. Sebastian, um, like, Laurel and Donathan. It just, none of it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, like, what's his relationship to Donathan? Who knows? He wanted to vote him out at the beginning. He wanted to vote him out. <laughs> That's true. To be honest, Michael might be another one of those people who is a candidate to go next week. That's a good point. Um, So, yeah, if Mololo goes to Tribal Council, I think we're marking in a... a Michael Boot. Yeah. Which is crazy that a tribe, like, voted out all their men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think they're predicting a merge at 13, so. 
I think so too, and that would be a great time to swing at a big physical threat like Michael. Dang you, modern survivor predictability. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, no, like I, to me, like he really doesn't have a chance to win. Nah. I don't get the super fanfare on him there. I would love it. I think it would be cool. He's my favorite on the season by a decent margin, I think, in terms of just, like, viewership. He's a, yeah, uh, he's interesting. I'm always a sucker for people who, like Jenna, who aren't always there but have fun content when they are, so. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, he just feels like our underdog, and very rarely do underdogs win in Survivor. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's an important note is Kelly Wentworth doesn't win, and she was never the top of an edgic board. I don't, like, any, like, like super reputable edgic board for Cambodia, I don't think. Like, she, like, was in the top five, top threes, very much like Michael, where, like, gets complex enough that you could see them winning, and then at one point it's like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. And I feel like that's Michael. is like, best case scenario, he's the next breakout legend, which yeah. I think is in the cards. It's possible. It just, that's, the yeah. winner often isn't that person. Yeah. I mean, he's only 23. He has so much to learn. Yeah, he's only 23. For five more years. He does not. Ooh, I wonder if, I feel like, the, will Survivor be on five years from now? Maybe. It would be awesome if you brought him back at 23. <laughs> That'd be fun. But anyway, uh, yeah, whatever. He's not winning. Unless the story, again, is, like, unless he survives next week, they do the flag-burning scene. It's the most in-your-face, over-the-top positive thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. And then Michael is like, from now on, I'm reversing all these curses. The curse of Malolo is on my back. It's gone. It's in the past. Uh, Now I'm going to win every immunity or something. Like, like... Unless he just gets, like, I would say he's on, like, life alert, where it's, like, there is a possibility that the story just takes a wild departure than what we're expecting, and Michael is the winner. It's just extremely unlikely. Yeah, super unlikely. So, yeah, next up is our boy James. Yeah. Who they gave a wonderful, wonderful swan song. Goodbye. Yeah, and, like, his story all ties together neatly. Yep. You could tell producers liked him. Uh, They wanted to give him a good story on the way out. Yeah. Like, he got a cpp5 boot which is wonderful um what do you think is like are we supposed to take anything from james in this story i don't know i'm like focused on my desiree conspiracy theory now so like (laughs) okay so the desiree winner at it yeah the desiree winner at it but like maybe different types of strength because we did see him falter in the one immunity challenge but Mm -hmm. obviously strategically strong i mean really socially strong like who knows what angelo is doing but it was presented as though james was doing all the right things angelo is making the mistake Yes. So, So. yeah, like, to me, this is actually a weird one to get such a, like, super strong boot, just because I feel like he hasn't really super connected to one of these stories. Yeah. So I do think it probably is more that they liked him and wanted to give him a good send-off and keep him as an open, like, as a possibility for an All-Stars or something, like a second chance. Mm. That, to me, is what this reads like more than... Like, what we've been speculating with Stephanie and Jacob is they have something important to say about the season. I feel like James is more a fun character who they really enjoyed and want and wanted to portray in a fun, captivating way. Yeah. Because really, like, unless we're missing on a big story, like, it's not like... Like, I would have... I really expected if he was going this episode that they would have really, like, he played too hard too fast. It was a sprint. He's a sprinter. He should have walked. You know what I mean? Like, but it wasn't even, like, the Morgan boot was shown as super positive. Mm-hmm. Still uh like nothing he didn't do anything wrong like it was portrayed as he didn't do anything wrong yeah angela sucks <laughs> so maybe that's the story is angela sucks i mean yeah we've had well the last three boots have definitely been that where they haven't done anything wrong mm-hmm. just circumstance morgan yeah. morgan yeah too she didn't do anything wrong really has a boot other than jacob done anything wrong uh yeah gonzalez didn't really 
I mean, she she, missed... she did typical first booty things where she was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Here, I got I got a story speculated in my mind. Um, Gonzalez, the explanation she leaves is she was missed out of a conversation. Stephanie talks about how twenty four hours missing out on a conversation can ruin it. Huh. Maybe there is this like it doesn't necessarily matter what you do. Sometimes the situations around you can boot you. I feel like that may be an indirect story because I feel like we've gotten that a lot this season. Like we're not getting explanations for why this person messed up or yeah, we're we're really not seeing these bad decisions. Yeah, on a season all about bad decisions. Hmm. That'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on. I don't think we can say with any confidence if that means anything at this point. It could, though. You know what I mean? Like, it could be someone's final Tribal Castle speech is all about how you can't control what happens in this game. It's so much on luck, and sometimes the greatest players get voted out, and they didn't do anything wrong. It's all about not being, like, uh, the top on people's radar or something like that. Which could be good for Laurel, the more I'm talking. Yep. Yeah, no, so that's that's uh, the Malolo tribe. Uh, so I guess if we're going to go... So are we both betting that or Navidi goes tribal? I think so. Yeah, I feel like that makes so much sense. And then we'll, what, we'll lose a Bradley or a Libby. I think it's definitely Bradley. I think it's definitely Bradley, too. Small chance of Libby. But I feel like we haven't got enough Libby yet. I still feel I like... I can't imagine she goes invisible, invisible, five, invisible, 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 invisible. <laughs> Visible five boot like <laughs> i still feel like there's a chance malolo goes and we lose michael and michael's yeah and that's just and it's the saddest episode ever because that gets rid of well almost all your malolos you have mm-hmm. donathan and laurel who are obviously like shown to have and libby evaded that and then jenna and libby oh we had jenna too yep jenna great winner contender jenna yeah. that we just forgot but top tier winner <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that's possible but again i do think there are like we were as we talked about bradley like he doesn't fit into the main story yeah. There's a number of these people who don't, like, so maybe that is important for Michael's survival, is, like, Michael Kellen, even, no, Desiree does, Michael Kellen, um, Chelsea, I would say, all don't really fit into this story kind of forming, and, like, how this is gonna form. Well, so, Chelsea just doesn't fit. Chelsea doesn't fit into the story at all. Yeah, I mean, and Bradley. But Kellen and Michael, I think, do not fit at, at this current stage. And same with Bradley, and I think that means Bradley's getting the boot. But I do think and that means one of the three, but then where do the other two fit in? That's the question. And Kellen's not leaving, so it's it, it's Bradley or Michael, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a good good prediction there. Uh, our contenders are essentially the same, right? Mine, mine is... Yeah, I think uh, we have three. Laurel Wendell Donathan. Yeah. My order is Laurel Wendell Donathan, but what's your order? Uh, mine's Wendell Laurel Donathan. And you seem pretty uncertain on Donathan. As time went on. Yeah, no, like, probably coming into this, to be honest, I would have had uh, Donathan above Laurel. But the more we talked about it, like, it really does not make sense that he was ignored that much. And has been ignored in these key moments. And to be honest, coming into this, for me, it was Wendell above anybody else by a solid margin. And then Dominic would be number four. Yeah, I have Dominic. And I don't really see anybody else winning. But I used to have, like, green, yellow, red. Now it's just green and then red, starting with Dominic. So (laughs) I think Dominic's the point where, like, if he wins, I'm kind of disappointed in the season. Like Yes. For me, like, Dominic can win. I really hope not, because I think it's bad storytelling. I think it's, like, unless your story is that it doesn't, like, doesn't, like, what, how do you put it? Like, what you do doesn't matter as much as how hard you're trying. Yeah. Which I guess could be something we're taking from James, but not really. And to me, the best story is probably the story that they're building with Wendell and Laurel. And I have a lot of faith that they usually do tell the best story. Hmm. 
Unless they can. Like, unless it's a Ben thing where it's, like, three episodes, the story doesn't matter. Yeah. So, basically, like, if if this is going to be a bad season for me, I think Dominic is our winner. But I think this is going to be a good season. And I do think Wendell and Laurel are on the path, right? Like, I think... Or yeah. Wendell... Or sorry, or uh, Donathan. Like, I think they all make sense. They're all in a similar mold. Donathan a little bit less so because he's more out in your face. Yep, I agree. But yeah, no, I think we, over, overwhelmingly we're seeing, maybe that's what it is. Like, the leaders are following. That's what we're supposed to take from the James, the Stephanies, the, Bre- the Brendans, the Morgans. The most visible people of these tribes are leaving. So maybe that is the story is you don't have to be the best in any one way. It's all about having a variety of different strengths, being a triple threat, as you will. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's the story, right? Like, it's about being able to adapt and be who people want you to be, all that kind of stuff, more than being really good at something. Yeah. I'm looking at my edict chart right now, and I know we don't get too much into that, but I've been looking because a lot of the big people from episode two, when Jacob went, have been also going. Like, Brendan, Stephanie, James were all big in that. And then the only people I don't have marked as UTR under the radar are Chris, Dominic, Donathan, and Michael. And we're expecting to lose Chris soon. Michael, we don't know where he's headed. Even Morgan was Mill Road in that episode because she got the Legacy Vantage. Oh, sure. Yeah, so... And everyone else was pretty much invisible. I mean, Maybe episode Laurel, two is the Laurel cursed episode. Laurel had a confessional there. True. That would be bad for Laurel if, if we were tracking but the cursed episode two. I don't know. I don't know. This is something that I've noticed. On my edict chart, all edict charts are different, and all of them are beautiful. All of them are beautiful, <laughs> as long as you use the right colors. As long as you use the right colors. I guess with that, that's our that's our show. That's our episode. That's our episode. Um. So uh, our website is thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. Uh, we post our episodes there. You can, there's a contact form. Uh, if you want to talk to us, give us any ideas or feedback, or you can just email us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. No S. Uh, we can't afford the S for the winners edit at Gmail. It's the winner edit at Gmail. Uh, we're on all major pla- podcasting distributors, podcatchers, as you will. iTunes, <laughs> Google Play, uh, Pocket Casts is what I use. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, uh, feel free to leave us uh, a review on iTunes. We hear that helps. Yeah, we um, looked, but we didn't see any. We did see, like, the little iTunes popularity bars, and we're super stoked. Yeah, it looks like people are listening on iTunes, uh, and we're getting we're getting bars, so that means it's uh, more than one person, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so uh, generally we release episodes on Sundays or Saturdays, depending a little bit on our schedules. Um, and also, like, it to, it's I think it's important to kind of dwell on the episode, let things kind of sink in, especially for the kind of thing we're doing here. Yeah. Like, I feel like coming in, if we did this on Thursdays, it would be a mess. Like, I really think I would be much less prepared. Oh, for sure. Because uh, my, my kind of homework, I, I do a lot kind of, like, reading on Unspoiled, on all these different sites to kind of... Unspoiled Edgic is an uh, Edgic website. Um, just to try and get, like, what the general opinion is. So, like, I'm not coming in super biased. I try and come in with kind of a good view of what people are thinking and then in contrast to what I think. For sure, because a lot of times, like, I'll see something one way and everyone else sees it a totally different way, and that's important to consider. Yes, like, like often people talk about kind of, like, the casual eye and, like, how important it is to kind of hear, figure out what casuals are thinking about the season. And I think that casual is obviously, I think, kind of a derogatory term because I, I feel like there's really... Uh, posting on Reddit and not posting on Reddit, not a huge difference, but, um... <laughs> Like, I feel like there are, like, different perspectives and even just, like, different demographics will read things differently. Um, yeah. And it's important to kind of get that kind of stuff. So, yeah, like, I don't know. That's kind of just the homework. 
and anyone who's listening at this an hour 39 after we've already started the conclusion probably whatever they, they might want to hear um yeah and i also think like for me anyway like me me and joe meticulously run through like it's like beforehand we're like kind of like going through theories and like kind of like dissecting each other and like various other people uh and yeah like probably next week we'll probably have a guest of somebody who we do frequently yeah uh debate with and uh for the for yeah for next episode we're hoping to get somebody who is a quote-unquote expert on tribe or complex tribe theory uh which is the idea that the most complex shown tribe is the one that eventually has the winner including swaps um and they basically so after episode two they eliminated half the cast after episode four, they eliminated, I guess, a quarter of the cast or like anyone who wasn't remaining on those complex tribes. And we'll just get a good, long, in-depth kind of conversation of how it is because we are kind of both expecting kind of a, a little bit of a dud of next week. Are we? I, I mean, in terms of like, I don't know. I don't For know. me, I am. But yeah, I think this will be interesting. I think this is an interesting season with regard to complex tribe theory, where I would say what I've heard from this person, it's very one-sided. Um, yes. I think and obviously we don't want to speak too much for them at this point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like they have a very, very strong takes and at many points were varying from us. And I think I think that's kind of fun to have on the show to bounce off with. Um, so yeah, look forward to that next week. I think it'll be fun. Yep. And I think it'll be a good way to cap off to the merge because we're, we're both expecting, and I think it's basically confirmed the merge is at not next episode, but the one after that. And basically what that means is tribes are over. So what a good time to have somebody to talk about the complex tribe theory because essentially their job's done. Yeah, it's pretty much the perfect time. That's what I've been thinking when we're considering this idea. So yeah, yeah I am so, excited. Yeah, that's our show. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DannyKillsBees. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at jchapman9000. Still not doing much of anything. I tweet more and more now, but <laughs> I, I take breaks every now and then. It's hard. How do... Like, what do you, how? How and why? You have to get in the right mindset. Like, I, it's addictive. Like, at one point, I was tweeting, like, eight times a day. Now I kind of just browse, and every now and then when I think of something. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's our show. Thank uh, you for listening. Thank you for listening. It's wonderful. Yep, bye.